0: Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on the hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network.
1: Hey there. Thanks for tuning into the hash here on Coindesk TV. I am Zach Seward. I'm joined by Sandli Hondagama and Will Foxley. We're it today. We're it for the hash, but we're here to get you up to speed on all that's going on. Happy Tuesday. Sandli, you're leading us off. What's up?
2: Yes, Zach, thanks. So, Coindesk had a team in Davos this year at the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. And Miami Mayor Francis Suarez was there speaking on a panel about the view from Miami on the future of crypto. So, I caught up with him afterwards and asked him about Miami Coin. So, you know, last year he came on Coindesk TV and said that Miami Coin, which is a private cryptocurrency that was designed to sort of benefit the city. Uh, has been mainstreaming faster than Bitcoin. And Suarez is, of course, now facing a few questions about Miami coin after sort of endorsing it, at least you know the idea of it. He told me that he doesn't push anything, just talks facts. But he also told me that he can't say for sure, but it looks like bad tokenomics led to the collapse of the coin. He said that 3.6 billion Miami coin have been issued in under a year compared to the 19 million bitcoin that have been minted or mined since 2009. So that's from the mayor's side. Citycoin, the platform behind Miami coin is actually saying it's working to clean up their tokenomics. Suarez meanwhile says that he still takes his salary in bitcoin. I remember this was like a major announcement last year and that the market downturn doesn't really mean that the underlying technology of bitcoin or even Miami coin is bad. So what do you think of his response? Zach, I saw your hand go off.
1: Well, I think, first of all, credit to him for sticking with it in good times and bad, right? I think what we uh, have seen a lot of is sort of political opportunism around things that are hot or buzzy. And you know, if you're with it in good times, you should be with it in bad times. And I think that's what we're seeing from the mayor here. So first of all, it's off the cap. Second of all, these are systems that are very much work progress and are very much subject to these vicious bull bear cycles. So when things go up, they often draw down. And 90% drawdowns is not something that's unfamiliar to those who've been in the crypto space for a long time. Let's hope that people who thought that this was a really cool thing and they invested in it, for the sake of those people, let's hope that those tokenomics get ironed out and fixed uh, as this uh, tries to find its footing again. But I think this is something that is absolutely par for the course in the crypto space, right? This is the volatility. This is the dreaded volatility that comes with those stunning highs, but also pretty low lows. I think uh, the mayor here is being honest when he's saying, hey, you know what? I'm still taking my salary in Bitcoin. Price isn't going to dissuade me from doing that. But hey, be ready for a wild ride, right? This can be a roller coaster. Some people probably got into this not knowing that or not being aware enough of that likely to happen. So, you know, again, for their sakes, let's hope this project can write the tokenomic model going forward. But Will, I'll toss it to you for your thoughts.
3: Yeah, to me, the story here is what does this cause within the Bitcoin ecosystem? A lot of people when this came out were very critical of uh, Miami Mayor Suarez here for issuing this token. They're very critical also the Stacks ecosystem for being involved in this project. And now it's sort of bearing out right 95% downturn in this token. That's like basically dead. Like it's very, very hard for these tokens to come back. Sometimes they do. Ethereum went down as far as 95% last market cycle. But Ethereum had a huge developer team behind it and also had a very big figurehead with Vitalik. Don't know if Miami necessarily has that. Like who's running this? It's the CityCoins project. They have a lot of different projects behind it. Stacks itself is not down 95%. Uh, just to make a note there. It's it's Miami coin. And the uh, question is like, does it come back from this? And like there's some nice quotes in this article about how like there's like mining incentives sprinkled in here and they could use it in the future for like other gamified projects around the city, maybe like giving back money instead of taxes. That'd be cool. But at the same time, you're looking at playbook from a Bitcoinish perspective, and they don't like any of this stuff. They're not going to be interested in helping out with it. And it's basically proved out the way that they thought it was going to happen, right? So like a lot of their criticisms turned out to be very true. Like this token was going to die, and the tokenomics didn't work even to like, like they even agreed with it at this point. Zach, I'll throw it over to you.
1: Yeah, I think it's also zooming out and saying that, you know, Miami coin is by no means the extent of crypto in Miami, right? These are two separate things. Miami coin is project, but Miami is also establishing itself as a hotbed for crypto talent. And I think that that still reigns true, right? FTX put its name on the Miami heat arena, and that is far from the only level of crypto engagement in South Florida's biggest city. So the fact that the crypto attention and energy is still there, whether that's people building on various protocols, people who are hype on Bitcoin, etc. That is a story unto itself. Miami coin is also this other thing It happens to share the name Miami, but I wouldn't say that this necessarily detracts from the excitement that I think people have genuinely seen there as builders and others get down to that region to build stuff in the crypto space. That so remains an attractive outpost for the crypto world. So also we're sort of zooming out to extract those two things, but Sandhli, I'll toss it back your way.
2: Thanks. Yeah. I just want to make one clarification. The mayor did not issue Miami coin. He- it was issued by city coins it's a private cryptocurrency that he sort of spoke and kind of hyped up a little bit when it was it was going well so that's why he's kind of involved in the conversation the fact that there was a panel at the world economic forum about miami and crypto in miami it just speaks for itself we saw a lot of crypto trying to infiltrate the inner workings of the economic forum all through the week and so that was very much in theme with what was going on over there and it was great to see him there kind of speaking about taking his salary in bitcoin and the gravity that carried it was interesting and i agree with you zach that he was quite honest about his involvement in it
3: yeah let's turn to a more positive story Miami's a pretty fun town but let's talk about fidelity fidelity digital assets is going to double the size of its staff thing to add up to 110 employees across engineering developing basically like blockchain stuff, and then a few other tech roles here and there. Fidelity is well known, not only because of Fidelity being one of the largest asset managers in the game, but also because they've really gotten involved with Bitcoin early on. There is a thing called the Fidelity Mafia, which is like a bunch of people who used to work Fidelity back in 2016, 2017, and they have moved into a lot of prominent roles within the Bitcoin space. Uh, Nick Carter, is a well-known VC in the Bitcoin space. He's one, Amanda Fabiano, who leads mining over at Galaxy Digital is another. Uh, there's just plenty of people who've come from Fidelity in the years past, and now they are high-ups within the Bitcoin rankings. So their plans to add more Bitcoin to their staff also comes on the heels of some news from Fidelity that they're planning on adding Bitcoin to 401ks, or rather the option to add Bitcoin 401ks. They're going to roll that out. Later this year, but it's a huge addition, and it also caught some heat from people on Capitol Hill saying, hmm, "Not sure we want you guys to be able to add that volatile asset into people's four hundred one k's." Zach, going to throw this one over to you for your take.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we just clarified, right? This is based on Wall Street Journal reporting, and if it bears out, this is a major development. That's for sure. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, layoff headlines in the coming months. Uh, we already have seen some of those as it relates to the crypto downturn. We've also seen, interestingly, a lot in the fintech space as relating to downsizing efforts. So you'll see some of those. So it's interesting, counter-cyclically, to see that, hey, Fidelity is, is trying to invest in this team during the bear cycle, They're sort of doubling down now. I guess kind of gearing up for whatever presumed push will come with next cycle. So the fact that that's happening from such a uh, established titan in the brokerage space is for sure notable if it all comes to pass with those triple-digit hiring push. So yeah, I'll, soundly, I'll throw it to you for your take on the Fidelity
2: news. <laughs> Thank you. Fidelity has been kind of bullish on crypto for for some time now. They said last year that they had plans to up their headcount. In January, they said countries that secure some Bitcoin today will be better off competitively than their peers in the future. So that's interesting. But to your point, there was another report from Morgan Stanley around the same time saying that venture capital investment in crypto is going to dry up this year, fall by a you know, as much as 50% by the end of the year and Fidelity, an institutional investor is still seemingly going all in. So it's, it's an interesting contrast there, I thought. But again, we're talking about one versus a general trend that Morgan Stanley thinks is happening. I know we love bank reports on the hash. So Best. take it with a great result. <laughs> I know Zach's going to say that next. But um, I saw the headline and the first yeah. thing I thought of
1: was, oh, Foxley is going to oh, go no. off. Because <laughs> I would take that bet too. Yeah. I mean, down from historic record-setting investment in the crypto space from venture capital firms, hell yeah, I'd bet that it's going down by at least 50%. Those numbers were staggeringly mm-hmm. huge last year. So Lord, give me the confidence of the Morgan Stanley mm-hmm. analysts who produced that note. And I too shall concur with his assessment. But I got, I got to give it to the goat. Got to give it to the goat on this one. Foxley, what's your thoughts?
3: Well, I just want to go back to the fidelity note if I can, just to button up that topic. Like I think that we look at the crypto space and we look at Bitcoin and we're like so focused on that, but we don't realize like how important it is to be involved with the institutional side of things and how much capital that is. Uh, I forget off the top of my head how much assets in our management Fidelity has, but it's in the trillions of dollars. I want to say three to four trillion dollars. Someone can fact correct me if I'm I'm wrong there, but it's a ton of wealth. And the fact that you're seeing them continue to put bets on Bitcoin, that is bigger than MicroStrategy buying Bitcoin. That is bigger than Tesla buying Bitcoin in a lot of different ways. Like Maybe those things pump the price more, but in terms of like actual adoption of Bitcoin, you're going to see more of it because of Fidelity sitting in someone's bank account rather than MicroStrategy sitting on its dragon's nest of Bitcoin and its little hoard that's not going to change the issue as much. If you have things like Fidelity actually making Bitcoin part of the traditional financial market, that's when you see Bitcoin adoption hitting the big scale. Uh, So I think this is a really important note. Doubling staff when everyone else is cutting staff right now or even moving into layovers tells you how much they care about this and how much money they're going to put into it. And I hope that we see the
1: 401k rollout pretty soon here. Here, here. All right, let's change gears. Let's go from Bitcoin. In people's retirement accounts to some really funny looking nfts called goblin town now this is either the silliest story or just a masterful piece of performance art from some silly looking goblins who have remained committed to the bit they speak only in goblin language and they make weird sounds of grunting and groaning on twitter spaces that are wildly popular to attend They're also doing pretty good in terms of sales right now this was a freedom mint project that is seeing quite a bit of activity out on secondary markets so goblin town it's pretty funny these little creatures they happen to be a bit p obsessed might be a little bit nsfw um, for folks out there but they're pretty funny little gremlin dudes and they are captivating the attention of nft collectors everywhere who are sort of speculating a lot of rumors out there that there's some big names behind this project despite outward appearances well, I'm going to throw us to you for your initial thoughts on Goblin Town. My
3: initial thoughts on Goblin Town.
1: Um, yeah, say, I think like the Ula Labs thing is interesting,
3: and I also think it's interesting to see a project like this pop up in the middle of a down market. There's something like very narcissistic or pessimistic about NFTs and the, the way they're like so focused inwardly on their own culture, right? The Goblin Town NFT is like. It's an ode to themselves not making any money, like everyone losing money, and then somehow they made money out of that. So that's pretty impressive to me. Uh, and I think that speaks to like the language of NFTs and NFT enthusiasts, right? They like basically memed a market that nobody saw coming into existence, and it has perpetually moved forward when no one thought it had legs to keep moving forward. I mean, I remember calling the top on the NFT bubbles like four or five times on the hash and it just kept going forward and now we have a new collection to be excited about right there's Bored Apes there's all these profile picture ones we saw Moonbirds recently and now we got Goblin Town and people are chanting in Twitter spaces commemorating this NFT minting so it's it's weird to see this keep happening but at this point it's just like I'm kind of excited for the next one like what's the next one that's going to be super weird if they're already used Sandali.
2: yeah i have to say i find these guys kind of cute I was like going through the whole collection, and they're really interesting looking and good for them, but I have to say I'm a little worried it's blowing up so fast, and we know what happens to things that do that and I know people who get like very into these kind of n f t collections and and trading and markets and lose a lot of money and I've had to you know be their therapist <laughs> I'm worried about like what is eventually going to happen to all these investors what will happen to the collection will it crash and burn or how long will it stick around is it going to be the next four day collection like we don't know any of it I don't know whenever these things come up I know it's a bear market I know it's exciting and I know they're cute but I'm also like a bit worried about people and and their real money and putting up their savings to buy these things so I'm a bit worried for them but other than that super cute good for you guys (laughs)
3: I think that's part of the game though, right? Like if it crashes and burns, it'll just be like, keep
1: chanting in Twitter spaces. It's just part of the magic. I
3: don't know.
2: That's my take.
1: It's Goblin Town, right? It's an allusion to the market condition. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy even. But the appetite for new things and new strange things in crypto never fails to amaze. There's just a huge depth of desire for the new and the strange. And Goblin Town has seemed to tap into that well. All right, that's it for today. We're going to leave the hash there on this Tuesday. Welcome back from the long weekend if you took one and we wish you well. I am Zach. That's Sondali. Will's over there for The Hash. Check us out on the podcast, Coindesk Podcast Network. Some good stuff over there. Check that out. Listen to some things. Just be smarter. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you're doing well and see you soon. Bye now.
0: You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line the hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime checking account, features like fee free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.